This week, live on S4C, we've got some football action. Saturday evening, 5pm, the show starts with a 5.15 kickoff. We've got a little bit of Welsh Cup action for you. Llandidno at home to Rithin, who makes the journey across the North Wales coast. Trying to cause an upset against Ewan Williams' men. So join the usual team, 5 o'clock, 5.15 kickoff. And also, in addition to that, Muya Scorio, which translates to more Scorio. Wednesday evenings, 6.30, join Dolan Ebenezer on the sofa uh, for all sorts of football news, uh, quirky little items from Wales and beyond. And also, same channel, S4C, Kids Football Show, and for you adults as well, Kick, 5 past 5, on Fridays, get the kids sitting down, relaxing, enjoying, with myself and Haladana presenting the show, which is repeated on Saturday mornings, why don't you watch them both? Watch it on Friday, 5 past 5, catch the repeat on Saturdays, all those programmes, Scorio, Moya Scorio, Kick, S4C. Alan Tate, right hand side of the field, plays it long and central to Akin Fenwell. Good ball through for Tinian Jones. Tinian Jones into the box. One on one with Andy Oak. Shoots and scores. Oh, I'm Tinian Jones. His first goal for Swansea City. A great through ball. He drew Andy Oaks and Swansea City are back in the lead. It's Walsall 2, Swansea City 3. Hello there. Welcome to this week's episode of the Longman's Football World Podcast, where I made the little half-hour journey for me inland, through the mountains, to the little village of Better Sequoid, to meet this week's guest. And it was an absolute pleasure to sit down with this guest, who is a cult hero in the footballing world. He is a bit of a legend. He is the one and only Mickey Thomas. Um, one of the most genuine, kind people you are likely to meet. You just have to spend five minutes in this man's company and you can't help but like him. Um, a list of the clubs that he's played for gives you a little bit of um, insight into why he's so well-liked everywhere across the country. That's because he's been everywhere. He's played for everyone. Started off at Wrexham, played for Man United, Stoke... Chelsea, Brighton, West Brom, uh, Derby, Leeds, Shrewsbury. Had a little stint over in America to play indoor football. And of course, Wales. 51 caps for his country. A real proud Welshman um, who has had a a colourful career. And a pretty colourful personal life as well. Certainly at times. He's very open about um, his troubles uh, served a prison sentence for uh, getting involved in, in some money laundering, um, getting dragged into that world. And, um, you know, we, we, we get into how that changed him, how that shaped him as a, as a person having to serve that pri- prison sentence. Um, it was it was a beautiful hour sit down, uh, spending time in, in the company of Mickey, uh, who, who is so open about, everything he'll he'll discuss everything and anything and although i was slightly concerned how i'd get him to sit still for an hour it wasn't a problem 
So big thanks to Mick for his for his time. Big thanks to Better's Accord Golf Club uh, for allowing us to to use your facilities. Hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation. It's a good one. This is Mickey Thomas. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen about his seven caps, his chocolate knees, his distinct lack of pace. Now it's a long shot. Here we are, Mick. <coughs> better's, better's Accord Golf Club. Yeah. Have a little sit down. Welcome yeah. to the podcast, mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, this is where I come normally with Better's Accord to uh, relax. If you believe I can relax, I mean, uh, I've got a reputation not relaxing. I'm, I'm at 100 miles an hour. I'm on fast forward all the time. But yeah, I like coming here because it's a place I, I enjoy coming. So, for a guy who's uh, non stop, like yourself, why golf? Surely, surely um, golf is well, the opposite of what you should be doing. Balls, yeah, so that ties me out. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I came into golf late from being a professional footballer and not having any really, really goals coming out of the game and that. Uh, of course, I wanted to get into the media side of it and that. And lucky enough, I did that. And, and my work with Manchester United, I'm very fortunate. So I just started hitting a golf ball and I got into it and I liked it. And it's a little bit of a, uh, I would say... Um, an experience <laughs> at first when I thought I'd never be able to do it because you have to be patient and that yeah. I've got none and that and I want to get to the hole before the ball normally it? so yeah I've done well in that respect and I'm happy the way my life is in, in that respect in terms of um, enjoying myself uh, on the free time I get when I'm not working. And you work hard these days, you've been on your travels this week haven't you? Yeah I do work hard, I mean I've done some work for BBC Wales, Newcastle, Swansea, um, we were there of course, um, did last night Mansfield, I did Man United on the Monday v Stoke City, so yeah I mean quite busy in that respect which is good really because you know I, I retired in 94, um, I had to obviously, uh, I, I lock in a key for the end of my career but yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I just think I, I, I've enjoyed it in terms of what you know. Because when I did come out of um, uh, jail, it was a very difficult time in my life. By the way, you know, it's always difficult when you retire from football, but mine was in a different way. And so when I in jail experiences, and when I came out, I found it really difficult to to get into uh, way of things. You know, from before. 
so I suffered badly. Uh, financially, was really in a bad mess, uh, really bad situation. I was living in my mum's council house. I uh, didn't have a penny, ripping up the furniture, trying to find 10 pieces, whatever, to try and buy a bit of food. It was like a difficult time. And I, and I sat there and I'm thinking, why has it gone to this? You know, because I've had a long career, 22 years, whatever it was, and played for some of the biggest teams and that and represent my country. I'm thinking, why is it and that? And um, I just thought, I've got to change it. Um, but as I said, I was reluctant to do that because of the publicity I had and... You know, when I came out of jail and newspapers followed me everywhere, wanted pictures of me and, you know, it was quite quite difficult, especially with our two kids, bringing them up, I mean, I'm not being that well at the time. So it was a phone, three phone calls I made, one to Graeme Sunis, one to Glenn Hoddle and one to Peter Reid. Uh, I got through to Peter Reid last, but the two calls I made was one to Graeme Sunis, that Southampton manager, and one to the England manager, Glenn Hoddle and uh, both went in. I left a message with the secretary. I said, let's make a summer for Manchester United player. I wasn't so sure about Graeme since because I had some uh, real like altercations with him being a footballer, so I, I thought maybe not. But he phoned me back and uh, he gave me a lot of encouragement. Glenn Oddle, I didn't have a phone at the time, that's how bad I was, but I had a phone, a phone from my sister's house, uh, Pauline, and um, he left a message on the voicemail and that, so I kept playing it. I thought, oh my God, Glenn Hill's, you know, call me up. Anything you need, just give me a call. And I asked him for some advice and he sent me an England shirt sign and like soon as giving me a Letizia signed shirt. And Peter Reid, the last one, I got in touch with him and he, he said, listen, you've done more in the game than anyone. You know, you use your name, use your name. You know, you've done it. Don't be, don't, don't be embarrassed. Go out there and use it, you know. And that, that's what I did. So that's and, how you got into the media side of things? Well, I got in the media side of it um, through a guy called Derek Hatton, who's a, like an MP, sort of, well, not sort of an MP, but in, involved with, but he's worked on the radio in Manchester. And uh, he phoned me one day, he said, you fancy doing a, a radio show for Sundays? Mm. And I was going to go for my coaching badge. So it's deciding whether to get enough money to go for my coaching badge or go for this four radio shows on the Sunday, which would get me a few hundred quid. So I chose that, did four shows, and I left after the fourth show and then I get a phone call a week later from him saying uh, the radio station wants to interview for a job. Jan Mowgli, the former Liverpool player, is um, not doing the show no more. It's like a phone-in. So I said, OK. So I, I went into the radio station, but as I'm walking into the radio station, they stopped me outside and started taking pictures of me. And I'm thinking, what the hell are I doing? I've not had an interview yet. And it was a phone-in interview, but it was only one phone call. It was a silly phone call. And the guy goes, you got the job. Right. And at that time, my confidence wasn't great, and I didn't really want to argue with people on the radio. I didn't want to uh, be um, that person that upsets people and that. But the first two weeks, I found that I was going to walk out, but I persevered with it, and then I got a, a break with Manchester United TV. Yeah. They came in and said that I could go and do a show. Didn't have any money, really, but I did it for nothing initially, and then they liked what I did, and you know, I, I got that connection with Man United then. You talk about going into coming out of prison. Why? Why was it those three that you phoned? Graeme Souness, Glenn Hoddle, well, I just, Peter Reid. I just thought I, just, I like Glenn Hoddle. I always played against him, give him a good kick, and I thought maybe he might remember me. Yeah. And soon as had me altercation, and Peter Reid reminded me of himself aggressive. You know, committed 110 player, uh, 10% player. I thought my type of person, sort of thing. And you know, I, I wasn't disappointed when I got them three phone calls. And that. it was like 
Um, they probably didn't think anything of it, but it was a massive list for me. Uh, so know, they got in touch, touch with you, Mick? Yeah, I rung them and they rung me back, yeah, okay. which is brilliant. Um, yeah, as I said, Glenn had left that message on the voicemail. <laughs> I think the manager, you know, getting back to me and that, give us a call, Mickey, no problem. Uh, if I can help you, and I thought, yeah, like, great. And uh, he got me signed top of England, that, try and make some money on that and that. Yeah. So it was good. It was good, you know, because don't forget, I've been in a really dark place and that, really, where, you know, I, I didn't know where I was going to go when I came out of jail. I, I had no idea what was going to happen. So, going into prison then, I, I thought we might get into this discussion at some stage. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're, no. we're going head in, <coughs> yeah. head in straight yeah. now, right at the start. Yeah. What, what was the circumstances? Was it, was well, it you allegedly, just... Um, it was stupid, really. I don't think I should ever go into jail. I think it was wrong, but, um, you know, people build something that was never really there, but because who I was, they wanted to get me, so um, that was a disappointment. Um, I, I think uh, two of the people that obviously did the crime, spent the money, uh, didn't get anything as long as they give evidence against me, so okay. yeah, that was a bit disappointing, but... Uh, as I said, it was a difficult period of my time. You know, I had my two kids and my mum. Um, and I got 18 months for it. Um, never been in trouble before. Um, but by all accounts, the barrister I used said the judge wants to send you to jail because who you are. And I was thinking, who the hell am I? Make an example of you. Yeah, yeah. and he did make an example. But he didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to show that judge. He didn't bother me. I thought, well, if you're going to do that, do it. Um, but I had to address it. I had to realise what was going to happen. Um, and I, I, I obviously had a good idea I was going to go to jail, so I, I prepared myself really. And um, as I said, the first day in jail was quite um, uh, an eye opener. In what way? Well, I've got there and I'm on the TV screens and hundreds of other convicted prisoners from other courts and that in Liverpool, Walton Jail. Uh, maximum secure jail. I'm a former Manchester United player going in Liverpool jail. I wasn't looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, but the, my first uh, take on that jail was very fortunate because the big guy on the far side was whacking all the trays and kicking everything all over the place and no one would approach him because he's a big physical guy. He was from Burnley, never seen him before in my life. And as I got my luxury bedding for the night and walking to the cell and he tapped me on the shoulder and he goes, you're that football? I went, yeah. And he goes, if anyone touches you, well, I'll and kill him. So I, I had someone to look after me the first night. So I didn't have any problems in jail the whole time I was there anyway. So um, my jail time was an experience that I tried to make the best possible of a bad situation. And I did, yeah. you know, because as I said, I had a game in there. I, um, I had a celebrity game, yeah. um, had some drink and that, and um, brought in. Yeah. And... I had some drink and someone was working for the News of the World taking pictures of me and a couple of months later I wake up on a Sunday morning when I went to another jail called Sudbury um, that um, I was front page news. Uh, I was in trouble for the first time in my prison sentence really because they didn't like me drinking champagne in jail. <laughs> uh, they didn't like that. Um, the News of the World obviously exploited it. Uh, they loved it. It was a massive um, thing for them to be on the front page with a bottle of champagne. Soccer <laughs> star goes to jail drinking champagne. So it's, I got moved again then to a life unit. Uh, 125 uh, people in for hideous crimes. Some had been in for 20 years, 27 years. Some of them committed murders, ch children and that. So I was in... in in a, a jail, really, I thought, I'm only in for forgeries, but in that jail, them lifers, if they said anything to me, they would go back into a system for another four to seven years, so that I was never going to get any real uh, uh, confrontation with any of them uh, prisoners, really, 
but the governor of that jail was a big Everton fan. Yeah. And he, he asked me for an Everton shirt. Uh, his, the, the one he wanted was Peter Beagery. So I got him that, not thinking it was going to do anything, until two weeks later I'm walking around the, the Maximum Secure Jail with the two officers. One was a guard from Stoke, one was a guard from Derby. And the guard from Derby goes, did you give a shirt to the governor? I said, yeah. He goes, well, he's broke the rules of the jail. And so I said, what do you mean? He goes, if you want to go home, you can go home. I said, well, I've been here about five weeks. He goes, go in tomorrow morning and tell him you've got to go home. He won't say no to you, and he didn't. Right. I went home for three days, three days the week after that. Three days the following week, and on my third visit back, I came into the jail. He goes, Are you okay? I said, No. He said, You look upset. I said, Yeah, my sister just drove me all the way back from Wales, and she's got to drive all the way back on her own. And the next words out of his mouth was quite incredible. He goes, You've got a car? I go, Yeah. He goes, Well, next time you go, we can park in my car park space. I'm in a maximum security with my car park in, <laughs> in the car park. Yeah, so I was, you know, I was very fortunate in that respect, but I still didn't think I'd. That's why I thought, Well, I'm going to get the best I can because I, I didn't think I deserved to be in there. Yeah. I would imagine your personality, I know it's hard. You maybe don't see it yourself, but you go into prison. Yeah. You know, it's a scary, daunting place, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. But I can also imagine that because of your personality, yeah. that will be the reason why you had no trouble. Yeah. You know, people, people yeah. always want to engage with you. You'll always have a chat with any, anybody. Yeah, yeah, because I, 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 I accommodate everyone. I've, you know, my, I didn't have much growing up. As I said, I came from a, a background in Moxford Council Estate, but my father always said respect people, and I've always give people time and, you know, and listen to people and talk to people, because I think it, it, like, you've been a football yourself, and you understand that you mean something to these people, and, you know, for them to talk to you and that, it might mean nothing to me or you, but it means a lot more yeah. to them. So, you know, in that respect, it... it I had a little bit of power in, in, in that in that way. So my connection with people and that is today, I, I always accommodate people. And I think that is a quality that Ryan Giggs obviously put in my book about, you know, I'm good with people and I think I am. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it weird how the football industry, like, it can work against you. You know, people want to, people are out to get you at times, like you've seen newspapers and stuff like that. And then the flip side, because I remember when I was at Swansea, we'd gone out to this bar and uh, these two big lads come in, like Swansea fans through and through, mates with Lee Trundle and Alan Tate and these boys. And he comes up to me, introduces himself for the first time. He goes, Owen Tudor, if you've got a problem, I'm the fucking solution, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I'm just looking at this yeah. massive, huge guy mm. thinking, that's good to know. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, the people do, you know, you, you've been involved for a long, long time. You understand that. It, it's, uh, it's a strange um, business we're in because it's, uh, it's life change for some people because you make their life, believe it or not, because of the experience I had and that people come up to me even now, I've been retired since 94, they, they remember certain things and certain things you do. It's like their life revolves revolve around you. And that, you know, you think, you, know, you made their life. And that, I, I think that's nice to, to hear some, to, certain things like that. I mean, you know, obviously, not if you're a Liverpool fan or a City fan, but, you know, where you played in, I don't know, I was Stoke, Chelsea, where all them, them clubs I played for, I left an impression. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't lie to you um, because, you know, you've been in the same business as me. I get excited when people recognise you and ask you, why not? Because it's nice, you know, don't forget when you're a footballer, when that door eventually closes on you, it can be a, a dramatic thing in your life, changing your life. So to still be involved as I am at, at my age, I think, you know, um, I, I've got to say I've, I've done exceptionally well to keep doing it. Yeah. You know. Your, your troubles, Mick, was it, was it um, 
a case of just falling in with the wrong crowd because again well, I, yeah. your, your personality is is an incredible one engages with people but would it have worked against you in that respect that you know because you talk to everyone everyone thinks they can take advantage of you then yeah well uh, i mean you're spot on with that uh, assessment because that's what really happens in in life you you know i've always been a, that type of person I'll talk to anyone and sometimes you're not really sure who is your real friend really is it and that and then you can get in a situation where you don't want to be but you are in that situation yeah. and, and, it, and it does create problems in itself because of who you are so yeah in that respect I, I totally agree with what you said there What about trust you know now at your age now I've been to different grounds with you I was with, with you at St James's Park yeah. everyone knows you everywhere everyone approaches you talks to yeah. you does that you know, do, do you have just a small handful of friends, you know, that, that you class as proper friends that you know you can trust? Yeah, I do. And I, I don't know, I'm wary, obviously. You know, you're very good at what you're saying. I'm wary because of what's happened to me before, because, you know, it was a, it was a horrific thing, wasn't it? So I, I paid the ultimate price. Um, I uh, lost my freedom, not, you know, my, my, my family for a period of time. So, yeah, I am in that respect. And... I try and be careful on that. Who I, who I, but I, I, you know, if anyone asks for my number, I'll give up. Yeah. <laughs> That's my nature. I still can't stop doing that. But yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's very difficult to change in that respect, isn't it? Really, you know. To, but you have to be wary. You have to be a little bit more alert and that, you know. And, and I think my period in time in jail certainly gave me a lot more confidence than I had before I went in that jail. So in in some respect, it, it wasn't. Uh, I would say um, as bad as it could have been, as you said, you know. So yeah, it, it had it. It's it could and it had it bad, of course. Of course, it would. It can work the other way as well, can it? In in that um, you can turn bitter. You can end up not talking to anybody because you think this guy's out to get me. You see it, don't you? You see it with plenty of people. Yeah, I understand that 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 question really well. Um, because of my experience of adding life, obviously. Um, it's, it's just from coming from where I did, and, you know, everyone comes, you know, I, I, said I couldn't read or write, I couldn't spell my own name, I was in the bottom class, they, they couldn't even bother with me in school, that's how bad I was, but the ball at my feet gave me that personality and the confidence that, you know what I mean, everyone used to know me and that, you know, would want to be my friend in the schoolyard, and I don't mind, you know, I couldn't spell, you can't spell, you know, I'm thicker than that, you know. What's two and two? I knew it was five, of course, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say that to him. But, yeah, so I had a, a tough upbringing, that, but I was tough. I could fight and look after myself in that respect, you know. Um, I, I just think it, your path and my path is always, you know, it's already done for you. And believe it or not, we might not know that, but why did I become a professional footballer? Why did I, why, you know, because all the inability I had a, <coughs> as a human being, that one thing that saved me was a ball. Yeah. Um, and, to play as long as I did and to get the attention of the people that you know, wanted to buy me even through my reputation and I, I must have had something yeah. you know what I mean I must have had something that they you know, they wanted yeah. um, and don't forget my career at time spiraled out of control but I always wanted people want to spend you know, vast amounts of money on me always want me in the team you know so I must have been doing something right yeah. <laughs> I don't know but I must have done something right in what way did it spiral out of control well I think Just from Man United see Man United was the club that I turned down five or six clubs. I turned down Tottenham, Newcastle, Arsenal, Villa, um, so I turned down a, a host of clubs. I didn't want to move, and and then Man United come knocking, and you know you can't say no to Man United, the biggest club in the world. 
and I've joined them and you know played 110 games should have played a lot more but uh, I, I left it on my own accord because I couldn't handle the pressure because being at Wrexham being a, the main man and everyone know everyone to relax and confident on the training bench confident on the pitch do you know do things that I would do naturally played my first game at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge for Man United uh, win the game, made the goal, and went to Old Trafford. First game, something fifty-eight thousand, whatever it was there, sang my name, yeah. and then I started thinking about the club I was at and what it was and the history of it. And I started having problems in terms of turning out on the on a Saturday at home in front of fifty-eight thousand. I I had to have a drink on a Friday to calm me down, and that you know, and it's one of my biggest regrets in life that I walked away from that club. Uh, I didn't have anyone to confine in. In my ear, it was about being a man. You know, can you imagine Showing me saying no I'm weakness. scared? Yeah, there was no, there's no, well, there's never any um, uh, player in my ear for sure come out and said I can't handle the pressure because they would have laughed at you about pressure. Um, but we all suffer it in certain ways. And I had a, I had a bad problem on tonight. I felt I played it, um, within myself at times. At times I didn't. I, I, I had some magnificent games, scored some great goals for them, but it was a it was a decision I had to make, and I you know I said I, I did a couple of wrong things by not turning up the train, you know, I didn't go on the end of the season tour, and I, and I just wanted to go. And the chairman Martin Edwards called me and said, um, "I'm going to find you huge wages, etc." And I said, "Well." Before you say any more, I want to leave. I said, I, I don't feel the person I was before no more. I, I just feel intimidated by it. And uh, he asked me if I wanted more money. And I, I, I said, no, it's not the money. I said, I just want to go back to being me. And uh, I went to Everton and that was a very short-lived experience through my own fault. Mm. Um, something that I did that, not by turning up <coughs> for a reserve game. Uh, but it was, on, it was, on a, it was not... About turning up for the reserve game, it was on principle because I signed for Everton for less money and could have got a lot more money anywhere else. But I signed for Howard Kendall, <clears throat> and it was a, an injury 13 games unlucky. 13, as I said in my, uh, as I tell everyone, it was a 13 game unlucky for me because I got injured. You know, you're talking there about anxiety really before playing for one of the biggest yeah. clubs in the world, which is normal on any level of football, probably. You know, I remember going from Bangor for Bangor 16 till 20 yeah. and I'd go I think I've said it before I'd go on the internet match reports see what the fans say most of them people I know friends yeah. and stuff and yeah. you know fucking yeah. big old I'm best player on the park yeah. this and that and you're reading it thinking yes I am <laughs> I'm the boy here yeah. moved to Swansea a professional club yeah. and you think after a game you've played pretty well so you go on the yeah. internet and you think oh Jesus Christ <laughs> all of a sudden it's gone from five, 600 people watching yeah. 10, 20 people on the internet saying good things to go into a club yeah. 16 to 20,000 people watching. Yeah. Not all of them are going to like you. No, and no. you start reading them and you think, Jesus Christ, yes, you know, it yes. can, it's, it's a, such a mental battle. But these days, I think players, if, if they suffer from that anxiety, they're told, speak to somebody. There's, there's ways to manage it. No, no way would that have been in place in, in no, the other No, you're spot on. It is in today's um, modern game football because they've got everything for everything, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, in our area, that was, it was a man's game. You weren't allowed, you know. It, I mean, it would have been embarrassing you know, playing in a man's game where physicality was the, probably the norm where you could you know, whack someone that. And I, I totally agree what you said there. Uh, is that it's, it's a different game now. They have people to look after you. You know, um, you know, they have agents now that control you. 
Um, I didn't have an agent. Well, I had a news agent, but I didn't have an agent. But <laughs> I think that's what it is now. The modern game, it's changed. I, I, I totally agree with what you said there. I mean, is that it's really now programmed to look after the, the individual. You know, if there's having any problems, they can talk to people. We didn't. I had no one to talk to in my time there. I didn't want to address it. I didn't want to tell them that I was really having problems and you'd probably I'm not saying it was it was anxiety I'm not saying it was depression but you guys had you even heard of the term depression was that even something back then that you know no, it's a big thing now no, and rightly so I, well, I wasn't identified I mean without question it wasn't identified and you know I'm, I'm playing in Wrexham and I go to 58,000 every, every, every game and my fan mail goes up you, everywhere you go everyone recognises so your life changes you're in a uh, in a glass house, everyone's looking at it, you know, everywhere you go, you know, as I said, now, I get it even today, but, you know, that magnitude of that club is massive, and you, you, you do understand that everywhere you go, everyone knows Manchester United, everyone, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's incredible, um, you know, everyone wants to beat Man United, everyone wants to play Man United, and I'm playing for that team, I'm in that, I'm in that environment, I'm thinking, oh, what the hell am I doing here, sort of thing, you know, I'm playing like the, the, the greats, uh, Sir Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law, George Beth, they've all played for that club, I'm actually in that, you know, dressing room, you know what I mean, you understand what I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, I've got to go out there now, and I've got to go out, when I never thought about it before, as you said before, playing locally, you're confident, aren't you, oh, I can, if you make a mistake, it doesn't bother you, but when you start thinking about it, it starts affecting you, then you don't become the player, you know, you're not the player you should be. Play you safe, know. don't you? Huh? You play safe. You go for the safe option, yeah, exactly. safe pass. Exactly. Play safe or you go and try and hide, but you can't hide in front of 58,000. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you, you know, like modern football now, we, we can talk for ages about positives, about things that have happened, yeah. uh, negatives, this yeah. and that. You see, like, coaches from your era, guys of your age, I've been managed by coaches who have been brought up like you, tough environment yeah you know tough love yeah, yeah, yeah. no no messing about and then that isn't transferred into these days so you you hear the term old school so an old school manager does it sadden you that players these days just can't handle that uh, and it means that those coaches are becoming extinct yeah I, I think because you're right it's you know it's a modern game they call it don't they? and i think it's everything's changed they say for the better i'm not so sure about that but you know we're old school aren't we um we had we had our style of um uh, play um you know it's changed non-contact now now uh, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing to you know you can't make a comparison from our era because it it's completely different you know their program now they say that if i was my age now if i was 24 and I had my lifestyle as it was, and I go against a 24-year-old modern-day player, I'd outrun them. Yeah. I'd outrun them. I, they wouldn't live me. You know, I, I, I know how they're programmed. They wouldn't last for me. I could, I smash them. I smash them because, you know, I, I had my own way of fitness. They, they're programmed now how they have their fitness. You know, I, I don't know. They're finely tuned. They said, but the, the human body for me has not changed ever. Yeah. So why are they fitter and better? Because they, you know, they're having diets and that. I, I disagree with that. I'm not, I'm was, not that was that your biggest strength, your fitness? I was fit. I was well everywhere I went. No one could beat me. No one could beat me a long distance. No gun. No. I, 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 with my reputation, see what I had was putting me out and this and that. But really, I was most dedicated football you could ever probably meet. Everywhere I went, I uh, you know you ask anyone, you know, um, and it's been said about me anyway. There was no one fitter than me. No one could outrun me. Lou McCoy at Man United now. He's never seen anyone as fit as me. It's just 
I proved myself as a young kid. I said I was uh, couldn't. I don't know education wise, I was thick. But whatever it was that got me to do what I did, I, I just can't figure it out. I always ask myself, how did I just get that ball at four or five o'clock in the morning and run, kick a ball against the walls all the way to Cohen Bay, kick a ball all the way back, and then I run up, run up down the long six or seven miles and get up in there and do, keep myself fit. So I'm a bit, you know, I had, I've had medicals and I've had and I've been smashing the face and I've been in hospitals where the doctors have been laughing, saying you're superhuman. I've never seen a body like it. And you know, and that's a, you know. I'm not just saying it, it's fact. They're saying, oh my God, so you're unbelievable. Now, even going with medical, not me, six years ago, oh my God, fit is anything. Yeah, and you're still at it now. How many, yeah, how many sit-ups do you do this morning? I then? do, I do. I, do, I, done, oh, I haven't done any this morning. I normally do two or three hundred sit-ups, uh, press-ups. Um, I walk excessively fast now, work on my knees, are getting with my operations and that, you know, because when I played, I, I played with a lot of injections, you know, to play. Uh, they don't do that now, of course. It's it's programmed not to <coughs> damage um, the they athlete. St- they still do it. Yeah. They definitely still do it. I've, yeah. had, a, I've had a fair yeah. few myself, yeah. Yeah. But I, I know, I know, it's I a different... Don't, don't, I don't, I mean, you don't think that, you know, when I'm on the, t- the treatment table in the dressing room before the game, getting a couple of injections stuck in my knee or my foot, you know, thinking I'm chuff. But probably stupid because mm. <laughs> I paid the price now. Communities obviously quite bad in my left one, especially the you know I was struggling with it badly, and I think that the combination of having all them probably football games and all them injections over the years and that it doesn't really help. Me. So how do you how do you cope with that as a, as a guy who was fit as anybody when you were a player and still probably until quite recently maybe I don't know if you used to go jogging and that how do yeah. you cope with now being in a situation where you're thinking. Jesus Christ, I'm getting, I'm getting old here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It comes to us all, and I think you know, you know, you have to. I think accept it, don't you? And that's one thing I did when I came out of football. I think about accepting I'm never going to kick a ball again. You know, any of the bad ways I said, but I, I came out of jail and I played football as well. You know, so I've always. I mean, I'm 63, but I still keep myself fit. And I do. I've got a really strong body and I look after me I dedicate myself to that and it's not bad for you to keep yourself it's a good way of living isn't it because yeah. your body is your life isn't it so I want to keep living as long as I can <laughs> you've got all the gear haven't you to walk up mountains oh I spend a lot in better decoid yeah yeah I like it up here I mean you do as well I mean it's it's it's, it's a way of, as I said before believe it or not I like to come up here I can be calm I can relax and that and People don't ever see that. I mean, Vinnie Jones and I used to have a Betts and David Batty at least. How long will I sit down for? You know what I mean? I, I'm hyperactive for that. Um, and then, as I said, people like David Moyes and that, and you know, people when I scored that goal against Arsenal, they, they did a, a quite a lot of uh, interview with players I played with and said, Mick is an amazing individual. Fitness wise, I've never seen it like him. That, you yeah. know what I mean? And it was funny because I got them for them forces and they put that. That article was about six or seven people. Pat Nevin said, you give me your last five. I thought, oh, can I? Oh, yeah, it's funny, Pat Nevin. No. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased, you know, I can talk to you because I can relate to you because you've been there. And so you know what I'm talking about. And that's no disrespect to anyone listening to this. It's just that, you know, you know where I'm coming from when I talk about it. You know, you know what I feel in and what I've done and how, how it can affect you. So, you know, I, I enjoy a conversation with you because... You know everything I'm saying is fact and it's true, isn't it? Yeah, I think we 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 will have had different upbringings and a different yeah, way, yeah, a different I, way I, to yeah. to get to the same place, if you like, in terms yeah, of professional exactly, football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You played for your country so did I. So yeah, yeah. So you know, to to go in about the forgeries and stuff was that was that a financial thing for you? I see you now, and you're so 
generous with your money, yeah. right? Oh, if, I'm dopey, I give everything away. That's yeah. my nature. So yeah. you see somebody on the street, they're dancing or statues and stuff, you know, um, you, you give away your money. So was was the forgery stuff, was that no. for financial reasons or just no, for the thrill? No, nothing at all. It, it, it's just pathetic. It was just nothing, nothing. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the guy might have made a 20 quid, 30 quid if he did, but no, it's just a bit of funny. I didn't really know him that well. And that's got me into trouble. I got guilt and association. Yeah. You know, which was, a, it was a pathetic, really. Yeah. You started off, when did you make your Wrexham debut? How old are you? I was 16 and a half, nearly 17 at Bournemouth away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I came on, put the ball for the full, but a guy called Mel Meach, and he was a manager at City eventually, but I put the ball, it was at Christmas time, boxing, I put the ball through his legs and that. First touch he did, and he goes, do that again, I'll break your legs. I said, well, it's Christmas. He goes, no, never mind about it. I said, I'll break your legs. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the first thing I did. And I had a 25-minute game when I did really well. And, and you know as much as me, you have to have a lot of luck and you have to have a, you know, a few breaks along the way. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. I had a lot of injuries and I got in the team and, and I never looked back after that. Yeah. So, you know, I... Uh, obviously, the injuries and that, that, that happened at that club at the position time was a benefit to me. Not through the player who was injured and that benefit to me. So, yeah, so I've got that break. And as I said, you know, I've had some great compliments over the years. And from the Brazil manager, Sally, one player, Sally would get me in the team. And the German managers, the Spanish managers say there's only one player. And, that they, and I have the compliment of being man to man, Mark, in Spain, a dreamy by the best player, Yuri Schilke, yeah. uh, who was voted the best player in the world man to man mark me at Wrexham and never forget it just followed me everywhere and that and I thought I, I thought oh, okay and you know a, a nice compliment isn't it so, yeah. yeah I tell you what's a compliment though is the guy saying I'm going to break your legs yeah isn't it because yeah, yeah. he well, sees you as a threat though, you know, but I, do you know I play for Bangor Reserves 15 yeah. years old yeah. and I remember this guy meathead <laughs> right running off the ball he's elbowed me off yeah. the ball completely yeah. just a yeah. forearm smash at the time I think I'm just a kid, like, yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah, play football. Yeah, yeah. And then another time, different situation, uh, playing for, I think it was Inverness. Uh, we were playing at Parkhead against Celtic. And uh, one of the times that we got the better of Celtic, beat them 1-0. And Scott, Scott Brown, the Celtic captain. Oh, yeah. Right, we, we were winning the game 1-0 and frustrated. You know, big clubs like that, they used mm. to win in and winning games. And they were getting beat at home. And he's turned around to me. I, I think I nipped in in front of him win the ball or something he said I'm going to fucking kill you yeah, right Yeah. so it's a compliment isn't it? I turn yeah, around and say what, what have you got a knife yeah. in your sock what are you going to yeah, do mate yeah it is a compliment uh, but you must have had that a, along the way I've made me aware of him obviously I thought well this is a different game now we're in a professional game aren't you so you're thinking well he's been around a while this guy better be a bit careful yeah you know, but he finished okay we didn't win the game but you know I, I, I came on at 3-0 whatever it was and did that nutmeg had a great shot, keeper saved it. So my introduction was, you know, I, I was happy with it. It's Bournemouth away, and that, I, I was, I, even though, as you quite rightly said, it was a different level, and I, I enjoyed it, and I never really looked back after that then. Your big mate in the team then, Joey? Joey, yeah, Joey and me grew up together. Obviously, he grew up, I never looking grew up. I'm still the same height, I think, but he was, um, he's my best mate. Yeah. In and outside football, in terms of, you know, you make friends along the way, don't you? And he, he's just a, amazing individual because through my darkest days you see you probably who are your real friends and that and you know who sticks by you and that and I've had one or two moments but he was there for me every time every time I picked the phone up for you, every time he, he said you know I'm here for you and that and 
that that's what you need someone like that you can depend on and yeah. he he's won everything six seventy eight caps whatever European cup most humble guy you wouldn't even know he won anything you know what I mean that was me I'll have a medal around my neck now talking to you <laughs> he was amazing he's an amazing guy you know, and you know as I said he was a, a top top player you know uh, probably the player with the biggest heart I've ever played with you know he go through a big wall hard man yeah oh he's a hard man who would win the battle you, you left wing him right uh, back yeah we, we left wing left back he played yeah we played we had a great you know I, I could look after myself I did my, my reputation was I was a bit of a naughty guy, but on the pitch, but he was physically strong and he was, you know, you know yourself, you come across players and that. He was like um, soft as a brush, but on that football pitch, a different human being. Like a what? Because he's quite thin, white, oh, a wiry yeah, strength. Oh yeah. my God. They were, people used to fear him, fear him. I played you know, in Newcastle and Glenn Chris Waddle on the wing and that. He had to play against me and him. You know, we, we terrorised him we terrorised him what about, what about playing against him though Mick how would you never feel play, never, never play, play against him no we never played against him he played for Liverpool I played for United he played for Chelsea I played for Chelsea we played for Huddersfield I played for different but we never came across in that yeah. you know what I mean because um, it would have been I don't know whether I would have played as long if I would played against him it would have been hell out of me <laughs> the Wales squad's back then um, probably when you started different obviously to when you ended who, who was in the well, I got in um, uh, with uh, Leighton James, Terry Arthur, and John Toshak and that. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, Good I, was team, Rex, yeah. I don't forget I was at Wrexham. I didn't leave Wrexham until very. I left Wrexham at 24. I could have left 17, 18, but I, I, I was reluctant to do that. <coughs> but I eventually went. And I, I played in what else national team and that. So yeah, there was Terry Arthur, Toshak, uh, Leighton James, um, Leighton Phillips. Uh, Joey, uh, Di Davis. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a Di Di is up there. Di's a character, isn't he? Yeah, I love Di. I love Di. I love, I love everyone I play with. Obviously, I'm not sure they'll say the same thing about me, but I, I love the I love the players I play with him. My first game was against the world champions, um, uh, Germany. Uh, they had Prince Beckenbauer, the greatest player ever. Apparently, he played for Germany. Yeah. Uh, Bertie Vogt's the best fullback in the world, and the set Meyer and that lot. And Rummenigge made his debut. So. My debut was a magnificent one because I terrorised um, Bertie Votes. But before the game, Leighton James, who was a very confident player and very good player, yeah. don't worry, Mickey, he'll come and mark me, you know, on the right uh, <laughs> I go, yeah, OK, yeah. I terrorised that fullback. That's when Man United see me that day. I, 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 I just tore him to shreds. I know I one of the most perfect debuts you could wish for. Yeah. We lost the game, but my game was probably... Out of 100, 100. I, did, I didn't do nothing wrong. And I got in the bat after and Terry Earth goes... I don't know, you don't look a player in, it's amazing, it's amazing. And I got massive headlines and that just escalated from there. You know, we had one good game, people come, so it escalated from there. And then I played my next game with a proper game, was in Hampden Park in front of 80,000 fans. So, yeah, you know, I know, I would have been happy with one cap. Yeah. You know, I, I got 51, I would have had a lot more, but I didn't see that for one or two things. I didn't like flying, I was petrified of flying at the time. So, you know, but I was passionate about Wales, though. Yeah. You know, I've missed a couple of flights, you know, but I was passionate. You know, <laughs> Ryan, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, we, I've been looking to go all over the world and that, you know, and, and play for my country. And, um, we've been very, very close. We should have qualified, there's no question. Bad refereeing, uh, and, and no. What was that, an Indian pack? Oh, the one at Needham Park when David Phillips allegedly we went like that and they gave a penalty yeah. uh, we should have won that game comfortable um, that was the most disappointing Jock's team died that day but that was the most disappointing uh, 
game for me in terms of when you know you should have won it and we didn't. We got a draw against a, a dubious decision and the one at Anfield I played in that one when Joe Jordan, my teammate uh, at Manchester United, handled the ball clearly and yet they give a penalty to Scotland and we we lose out on another World Cup qualification. So, What did you say to him after that? I did pass the ball to him. <laughs> Stop passing. Yeah, yeah, he passed me out. Yeah, yeah, he shit out of the World Cup and that. But he never really admitted it. Lou McCoy didn't, not so long ago, but he never really admitted that he handled the ball. He was a hard man, though, wasn't he? He was a hard man, yeah. He was a hard man, yeah. He was a. Uh, his strength was his physicality, just aggressively, you know, wacky with an elbow. You, he, he'll, he'll go with the top two. You know, you, the only good thing about that is you knew it was going to come. So if you played against him, you're going to get a whack. How, yeah. how do you deal, Mick, with those disappointments? You know, I've been I've been in the Welsh squad plenty of times, handful of caps, um, but I haven't felt that disappointment. That the squad felt it recently. Where usually, if you lose a game, fine, we'll go on to the next one. We've got to get another game yeah, next yeah, week yeah, or the yeah, next yeah. next yeah. one in the campaign. But those situations for Wales that people look back and it's lose and you're not getting to the World Cup. Lose, you don't get yeah, to the Euros. Yeah, I mean, it must break you, your heart. You well, I mean, they've been fortunate. I, I, I think, and I'm not, you know, not knock it. It's more accommodating now for a, a national team like Wales to, to qualify. You have one or two more options. We only had one option. Finish uh, top or out. Yeah, yeah we were. We, we, you didn't win, you out. You didn't get another. You know, finish third or finish second. You went. You had to finish top. So, um, yeah, you know. I didn't get a lot of medals wherever I went. I didn't stay long enough anywhere. That's my nature when I got Chelsea and that, except, but I didn't stay around long enough to get that. I don't really think that makes you a better player because you've got a trophy. Don't get me wrong. We're a better player, like, you know, George Best never played in the World Cup. Other people never won a Premier League. Stephen Jones never won a Premier League title. It's, you know, the games that I I, I played in and that I... I, I I think I played that out. I mean, game seven, you know, a lot of games and that. I, I, I just, every game, I can't remember every game, but you remember your first game and you remember your last game, wasn't it? So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the games that you play, you know, I'm just going to say in this respect, is that they, they, they are so much, you're, you're on a high, aren't you, every game, sort yeah. of thing, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're playing and getting paid for something you love, but it wasn't about the money when I played, it was about just playing on that, on that football pitch and that. And, you know, as I said, I, I played all over the place, didn't I? Um, that Wales squad, I always find it amazing how a football dressing room chucks so many different people together and you end up getting on. You don't, you, you're not everyone's mate, but, yeah. you know, you hope you get on with the majority. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're talking then about the Wales squad. You've got guys like yourself, Joey Jones, well, yeah, humble guys. And then you've got... Big Tosh, Leighton James, you know, their egos are maybe a little bit bigger yeah, than you. Yeah, well, I tell you, you what, this is a true story, this. My first game, I'm glad you mentioned that, my first game was West Germany. Yeah. I wore the number 10 shirt. I'm in the dressing room like that, looking down at me, you know, just trying to get a tap on the shoulder. And it was John Tosh. Big Tosh. And he goes, hey, have a water, goes, don't get used to that shirt, that's mine. <laughs> I thought, oh, cheers. I wore it 51 times, that wasn't bad, was it? Yeah, yeah, so that's what he said. I thought, well, that's not, not a very nice thing to say to a young lad, is it? But yeah, that's what he said and that, but that's his nature, wasn't yeah. it, I suppose. He's confident, wasn't he? Yeah, so big names in that squad when he started off, and then towards the end, yeah, Mark Hughes, Kevin Ratcliffe. Rushy, Mark Hughes, they made the debuts for me and that. They're, they're, they're exceptional players. Certainly, Rushy was a natural goal, so probably the best you'll ever like to see in modern-day football. Yeah. He'd probably be even better because his speed and, it, and, it, and the way the game is now. No real aggression against him. Um, we had, you know, you probably disagree with what I'm going to say now, but I'll probably get a little bit of stick, but that Welsh team I played in, 
will probably beat the world's team today. Yeah. Without having a problem. Yeah. That's my own opinion. You know, uh, you might think that's quite quite a, a strong statement to make. And I mean, obviously hypothetical because, it, it, you know, you're never going to get thing. But, you know, that team was so good and so unlucky that we should have qualified. But as I said, it was, you know, that, that you get that one opportunity, don't you? Yeah. Um, we were very unfortunate because that, for me, would have been a, a great time to go to a World Cup or, you know, or... Um, the yours, whatever. Yeah, I think so. I mean, best goalkeeper ever in the world. Yeah. Ratcliffe, you know, Jones, uh, Flinney. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll exclude myself because I might not mention myself. But Put yourself Mark in there, Hughes, mate. Uh, Russia up front and that. You know, Robbie Jane. We had, we had, a, we had a great team of, uh, you said it, uh, about 10 minutes ago, about togetherness and, and, you know, camaraderie. You know, we were all having a laugh and, you know, have a bite and have yeah. a laugh and that. And that it was, yeah, you're right. I think it was the right combination. It was just a, a, it was a travesty that they never got to that World Cup when we should have done, without question. It, it was like highway robbery. I, uh, I was going to say, Mick, uh, you know, you're talking about that togetherness and that big characters in that dressing room, good characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I see rats so yeah, often these yeah. days. It, you know, he's like you, he'll talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a normal yeah, guy, but yeah. I can see he would have been a good captain. You know, yeah, getting the yeah, lads together. Captain, you you used to have a drink back then as well. Yeah, well, we get a bit crazy, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, well, we, we, well, we all had a drink, we all had a great time, and that go out all the time. But that was the, the format in those days. It wasn't programmed to be in better arts. Well, it was, I never sucked the rules, but. You know, it wasn't as strict as it is now where you are, you know, you can't do anything with cameras everywhere and people look at me when you're in the media and that. So in that in that way you have to be very, very careful. For a young a young man like yourself whose personality you've probably got quite an addictive personality, you're here, there and everywhere. Yeah. You moved down to Chelsea. How, how old are you then? Moving down to the I big smoke. I, I can't remember how old I was, but it was it was it was, a, it was a, um, a match made in heaven, you know, made my debut at Derby, we won the game one 0 and then made my home debut, and I was out the night before that in the hotel with a kit man, uh, Jimmy. Um, we had a few beers and I had a few pints of Guinness and that. And this is a true story that never been mentioned before. I I got to the ground and I couldn't. I said I can't play. I'd never had migraine before, but I had this migraine. People call it a hangover, Mick. It probably yeah, it was a probably <laughs> hangover. And I'm on the bench and and they said the visual. I said Listen, I can't play. I've got migraine. I said my head is killing me. But the, 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 he um, manipulated my neck. I never had that done before. Okay. Massaged me, massaged me, massaged me. It was about how many minutes before you say yes or no? Because the man said, "Is he going to make it? Is he going to make it?" I was. I said, "I don't feel good." I said, "My head and that one," but I've, I made it. And I made my debut, and I scored two goals on my debut. I made the third goal. We were three 0 up against Sheffield when he was the top of the table. That was the that was usually going to win the title. In front of what 40,000 fans, I made my debut and scored two goals. And we never lost a game in 21 games, one promotion. Yeah. So I became a, a like a cult hero with that club because Joey was there as well, and Eddie Lanzetti okay. was there. So to score two goals on my debut, and I ran to Gate 13 where all the lunatics were. So I, I, I we had that connection. So I could do no wrong at Chelsea. Like at like Stoke, I could do no wrong at Stoke. I won a play of the year, everything, top goal scorer. So that, that was a great time. And, you know, still in today's uh, society, I'm, I'm, I'm well liked from Chelsea fans. It's, it's brilliant. Every club you've been at? Yeah, I've never done, I've never, I've never had a really um, bad time. Maybe Derby on loan when I got injured in the dressing before the game. I, I never, I could hardly walk, but I wanted to stay there because I was expecting a few bob. So, um, how'd you get injured? I, I, yeah, I did that. So, 
Yeah, but everywhere I went, I think because if you play with passion, the best story is when I came back from America. Uh, Ian McNeil, the assistant manager at Chelsea, was manager of Shrewsbury, and, and no one, uh, could have been in America, people were like reluctant to take an opportunity. But Shrewsbury were in the same division as Leeds United, Manchester City, Chelsea were in the same division, and a few more. And I joined them. And even before I kicked the ball, the headlines in this local paper in Shrewsbury said, uh, Shrewsbury signed Mickey Thomas. Uh, he'll certainly set the nightclub alight. Not sure about the football pitch. I thought this guy doesn't even know me. Yeah. We played Portsmouth at home. I missed. I levered Barrio on, I levered uh, uh, Mickey Quinn yeah. I, and had an amazing game. I missed one game that season. The fans were singing my name after having, in the friendlies, that booing me. You know, because I played for Wrexham, obviously, you don't like Wrexham in his connection. Uh, and I was booing me. But once that first game, that was it. They, that, oh my God, I was super fit one night. And that, you know, I, I remember a policeman, I was taking the call, he goes, God, I admire you. So every, every time you play him on here, they all give you stickers because I was a name, one I? I said, I don't give a damn about it. Anyway, but they asked me to be manager. Okay. They want me to be manager, but I couldn't take it because Ian McNeil, the one that got me the job, uh, the, uh, the contract was there. I would have took his place. God bless his soul, now he's died. So I went to Leeds United inside the sign for Leeds United at 36, 37 years old. Howard Wilkins wanted to sign me. Um, it was the last game of the season we played Leeds, and all the Leeds fans abusing me, and that was normal. And I'm giving them that, I'm giving them the finger, having a bit of a, a little bit of a banter, but they didn't like me because obviously my connections with Man United and that. So after the game, the assistant manager said, Give us a call at Ellen Road on Monday, and I went, Me? He goes, Yeah. So I went in the, in the, in through the bar, and I said to Bernard McNally, for Ireland, a good player. He was on. He was up for sale. He put a full sale sign before the game on the warm-up. It was funny. So I said, "Give us your number." I said, "They want me to give them a ring on Ellen Road on Monday. It'll yeah. be about you." Because that was thirty-seven going on. So I rung Ellen Road on the Monday and Howard Wilkinson, who absolutely battered me that Sheffield Wednesday game when I scored two goals and battered him. And every time I played Sheffield Wednesday, I scored against him. I said, uh, hi, Mickey. He said, how do you fancy playing for uh, Leeds United? And my exact words went, fuck off. I said, I'm not signing for you. He said, you slaughtered me throughout my career. He goes, no, I've admired you. He said, I always want you to sign you. He said, you always fucking score goals, but I want to sign you for Leeds United. You know, come and meet me and, uh, and I'll have a chat about it. I'm going to sign for them. I was 37 years old nearly. But it didn't go down well because it's the first time in my career I had three operations within the season. So I only, I only, I only played three games and stayed at 18 months. Yeah. You've, you've mentioned loads of different names, friends, guys like Dennis yeah. Wise, Vinnie yeah. Jones and that. You, yeah. You, yeah. I was going to say, you must have come across loads of jokers, dressing them, you know, jokers, but you're, you're probably the worst of the lot. Well, I think, we, we, we've, you know, we've seen the thing last month, um, uh, Kerry Dixon brought a book out and he goes, Mickey Thomas and, and, and uh, Joey, like, they, they were brilliant for the dressing room, they're funny as hell. And Paul Carnival, uh, he's got the best-selling book by all accounts. So Black and Blue, it's called. He's the first black footballer really at Chelsea. He put in his art. He put in his thing. He goes, I couldn't dislike Mickey Thomas. He said, he took my place. He said, but he's such an amazing guy. He said, I, I couldn't hate him. I wanted to hate him, but I couldn't. He said because he took my place. Yeah. He said, and you know. He was amazing in the dressing room. Everyone, you know, he could be out all night. He said he, he could run all day, which I was out all night and that. But he said he was amazing character. He said it's one, you know, him and Joey Jones are the best people he's ever met in his life. That's nice to hear. Isn't it? I can imagine that you'd be the lively one. Yeah. You'd be the one well, creating funny. all the jokes, and Joey be behind the scenes, yeah, little dry sense yeah, of humour. Joey's clever. Joey. Maybe yeah. loading the gun for you to. No, Joey. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the blame for everything. Yeah, yeah I get blame for everything. Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 he didn't do anything, only me. Yeah, yeah, I think Joey, obviously, we, we had that 
good combination, as you said. You know what I mean? Little and large. I was a dwarf, and he was large. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was good. So I like that. You know, you, you know, you probably like it yourself. When you get that um, praise from your former players and that about you know what the effect you had in that on the team. Sometimes it's not even about on the pitch. Sometimes because no, no, I, no, I, I, you know, I've I, you've played. I don't know how many games. I didn't play that many games, yeah. but. You know, in terms of tenure, it's professional not how many career. Games you didn't play, you when know? I hear someone say about off the pitch, yeah. we, we spoke earlier when I was yeah, at Norwich. Yeah. Two years there, yeah. hardly played. Yeah. A couple of promotions, couldn't get in the team. Yeah. Had to go out on loan yeah. and stuff. But I, I was a big part of the dressing room, and yeah. you, you still hear people, you yeah. know, complimenting that. That that means just as much. Yeah, but that is very important isn't it? because you have to have that that difference in the dressing room. You know, Kerry Dixon was a perfectionist. He he would he have all his clothes done to uh, before he went out. Everything had to be in place and that when he went to have a wee in the toilet, I throw it all on the floor and yeah. he'd come out and he, he blamed David Speedy who he used to play with him. You know, he you wreck mine out. It was me all the time. I didn't tell him that. I never told him that to this day. Yeah. I used to wreck everything. Yeah, so it's that, that connection, isn't it? You know, and I think the biggest connection for me, Owen, is that the fans, you know, I've been uh, lots of clubs, and I think if you give everything, if it's bad performance, if you know they know you're trying, they know you're trying your best, but it's not that best at the time, they'll back you. Yeah. And, and that's why I think Joey, like myself, we had that commitment and that and that you know 110 percent attitude, and you know, we're, we're not, well, give everything, and it's not the best, so be it. They could relate to you because. They, they, they can picture themselves if I played for Chelsea or whoever yeah, they support yeah. that's how I like to think I would play yeah is that right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But they, that's, yeah they obviously yeah. wouldn't have the, the quality yeah. that's why they weren't playing yeah but they you know, and that's why sometimes at Man United you know they said oh <coughs> sometimes they said oh he wasn't no he wasn't that skillful I got, I got a man of match against Liverpool scored an equaliser got a man of, and the headline that they um, meet 10 out of 10 whatever is in the paper um, as you said, you look at it, but the, the, the headline was quite uh, disappointing in terms of, you know, he might not have been the most skillful player on the pitch. That was more skillful than anyone, but because I like the work effort, I want to play for my team, I work for my run back and that, you know what I mean? That's what John, John Neal said, I had three lungs, I could run up and down, you know, I wasn't just a left wing, I'm defending the midfield. I could do that job, I could run all day, yeah. and that's, you know what I mean? I, that, but. I could have I could have banished that and just sat on the left wing and then you know saved me energy and, and did the, but I was a team player I, I, I want you know I, I want to, I want to, I want to win at all costs and if it benefited my team for me tracking back I do that. You still played the professional game as if you were a kid on the on the playground. Yeah. You know with that enthusiasm, is that right? Yeah. Well, no, of course. Yeah. Without, yeah. 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 I mean, even now I'm, I'm getting on. I still play friendlies and I don't know. I still play charity games. I've been. Mini obviously now is is coming a bit of a problem, but I try and tune out for people and try and you know help people. That I get a lot of people. Believe me, I I, I get a lot of people, right? And this oh, in fact, I wouldn't mention names, but I get a lot of people that always come to me for advice because of what I've been through. I I I, I do talk to a lot of people, and I, and I think because of my way of life I had, and you know what I'm trying to say is that my experience are a benefit of the people and how to handle certain things. And I have people phone me up about people coming to me and that there's some famous people as well not just in football you know and they take on this and I've checked that advice on board and that and I did a talk in uh, Cardiff uh, a while ago uh, because I talk about as I spoke to you today about pressure 
and this guy was six foot four, big rugby fella, and he came over after I'd done my dinner, he goes, um, can I just shake your hand? He goes, you just changed my life. He said, I didn't know that, you know, you went through that type of pressure, you know, because I'm, I'm, although I'm six foot four and I play rugby, you know, but top team, yeah. he said, I've never had that confidence, but you just give me that confidence to be that person. Yeah. Thank you. And walked off. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, so That's yeah, nice. you, you know, you, you, I, I think I've helped people along the way, obviously. But I don't like people prejudging you because, you know, you get people about you, get about Joey. People don't know. I think my father said at a very early age, and I'll never forget Mel Setting, a former midfield player, who was a great player for Wrexham, assistant manager, was in the manager's office room, and he goes, I don't like that fella. But within a second of him saying that, I went, oh, hang on a minute. I've never met him. I want to take that back. I'll have to meet him first before I make a judgment. Yeah. I, I, I took that on more, you know. Another funny one was I played for uh, Wrexham in a, in a European Cup game. I was 17 years old. I made the goal for Dixie McNeil. <laughs> and then the dressing after, because it was, a, I can't remember, it was a team we beat in Poland. All the pests came in because it was a good victory. And I, oh, where's the goal scorer? And that was only seven. I said, wait, what about the guy that made the goal? Like, you know, and he said that the next day, young, young Mickey Thomas. I said, what about the guy that made the so funny, It's so funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like the Arsenal goal, people talk about my Arsenal goal as it was a win, it was Steve Walken. <coughs> no one ever mentioned that. Nah, forget about him, mate. Yeah, yeah, uh, forget, forget about, about him. Yeah, yeah, but my goal, because it was spectacular, that's why they mention it, but, you know, I feel sorry for Stevie Walken because he's, he's an ice lad, and you know? I always try and mention him every time I talk about that goal because they, everyone thinks it's called the winning goal. <laughs> that must be nice, though, you know, still relevant. Anytime the bloody third round of the FA Cup comes around, yeah. I'm seeing... Mickey Thomas with his long hair yeah. striding up. Didn't you, didn't you push Wayne Phillips off the ball? Yeah, Wayne, he wanted yeah. It, well, didn't he? I, I think um, it was quite a funny story, that. I mean, we get a free kick and Wayne's by the ball. And I said to him, pass the ball to me, I'm going to hit it. Then I just said to him, I remember what I did in training three, on a Thursday, a five-yard run-up. Where it went with power. We didn't hit the target, but it was like power. Yeah. I thought, I'm going to try the same process. We had two players in the wall. So I said to Wayne, no, just leave it. So I went five yards, you watched the video, I went five yards and then I just went, and you played, you've scored great goals, I've scored great goals, but it's that moment that's going to happen. As I said, you know, you've scored a great goal, you don't know how, but I miss it. And as soon as I miss it, you know, you know yourself, you've been, you play golf. And once I miss it, I know it's going towards that goal. Now yeah. I'm right, obviously, there and I've got a view and I think that's going to go in. But the power of it with the balls we had in those days yeah. when I watch the replay it looks better now because I watch it on the video every second of the day um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's amazing but that's what I've got a legacy of scoring that goal and you know I did the major Wales this morning Ollie Iron said that you know um, Arsenal are a better team than what City are at this moment time against Cardiff but that is irrelevant because Arsenal were the best team at that time Yeah, they were the best team but the difference with Cardiff and the Shaman Wrexham were in fourth division, okay. rock bottom. So that result will never be beaten. Well, it, well, it, can, it can be maybe, but at this moment in time, no one, not because I scored that goal, it's the result 2-1 Arsenal got beat by a fourth division side that was 92nd and they will lead Shaman. You can't get better than that. And it's never going to be beaten, I think, for a very long time. It's, what, 26 years, 27? Never, never, ever been a better result than that in terms of a difference between difference in class and that. And for a moment like that, towards the end of your career, yeah. how old would you have been? 38. 38 yeah. years old. You must have thought... 37, yeah. You must have thought moments like that had gone. So you were just playing for Exum, enjoying yeah. it, trying to score yeah, a goal or yeah, two, yeah. and then to still have that. 
that yeah. may be the most iconic moment of your career, or it's up there. Yeah, you know, that... At 37, 38. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that you said then. I think you know, that one, you think, it's not going to come no more, but that was like, press the button back into the big time again. Yeah, yeah. It's a goal against the best team at the time, the champions of, the, of English football. You know, it's a third round shock. They were 1-0 down at half time. You would never think that was going to happen. We win the game. So that, I would totally agree with what he said there in terms of what it did for me, did for Wrexham and did for everyone else that day because it was an experience that, you know, they'll never forget and I'll never forget. Even though I had lots of highs in my career, it's one of my highlights of all time. I have scored the goals. You know, I'm going to show you some on my phone. And see, I can't you know, wait. Well, again. Yeah, so yeah, I have scored the goal, but you're right, that one moment, that one thing has left a legacy with me, that goal. You know what I mean? Because yeah. even today, in, uh, Old Trafford on Monday, uh, doing some work with a guy from Scotland, Glasgow, oh, I remember that goal against Arsenal. Everyone and everywhere I go, people mention that goal. Amazing. So it's yeah. never, yeah, it is, it is true. You know, you, you know yourself, you're never, never going to go, is it? No. And then you had one stint. You had a little trip abroad, didn't you? Even though you didn't like flying, you, you buggered off to America for a little while. And I read Indoor Football League. Uh, yeah, What's I went, that all about? I went, I went indoor soccer. They, they brought me over. I was the first player to be brought indoor soccer. So I went over there and I enjoyed it. I had a great time, but I kept getting sent off because you couldn't touch anyone. Um, it was a game, the last game I played, we were in a semi-final and I got sent off. And Charlie Cook came in the dressing room. But don't forget, we've got American players in the dressing room. I'm sitting there. And Charlie Cook goes, you know, great Charlie Cook of Chelsea. Oh, you got sent off again. I said, yeah, in the real game, I wouldn't have got sent off. And these Americans going, what's the other about real game? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was like, it wasn't a proper game, was it? I said, in the real game, I wouldn't have got sent off because you could hardly shook any concept. So I eventually, I eventually left. Um, but I wanted to come back to finish my career. I wanted to go out with a bang. Unfortunately, it was a cell door. But I wanted to go out, in a, I wanted to finish my career. To, and to, to, to do was, you quite like said, that one moment, to get that one moment, you know, I've had big moments in my career, you know, playing up cup final, whatever, etc. But that was a big moment that will be lasting forever, yeah. even when I've gone. Yeah. Don't you keep mentioning it, okay? I will. I'll yeah, keep no, but it's true about though, it. isn't it? It's true, as you said, it, it's that one moment, and I, I think that's a fair, a fair way of putting it. That one moment you get in your life, and it, you know, you, you dream about maybe. You know, Past the peak of your powers as a player, and it was still there, wasn't it? That one little moment was still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and. And, and as you quite rightly said, it, it was there, the cameras were there. BBC Match of the Day were there, you know. So I've done it and the whole world has seen it. Don't forget, it was in American news, South African news, or everywhere, you know what I mean? It was like amazing publicity that you could never dream of, you know, that just from that one result. And the Mickey Thomas, if he was playing these days, he'd smoke it. You'd have a good time against the modern day fullbacks. Yeah, well, I, I think um, with no physicality, because I'm, a, I don't know, you always tired, I'm always tired. I, I'm still in that, as you said at the start of this conversation, old school. I like that physicality where I see a player going for that ball, whether, whether it's a little bit over the top. I know you want to stop the injuries and that, but, it, well, you know, I think it's more injury than that than when I played. So with the, with the boots they are, the way the pitches are, and that, I just think that physicality thing, you know, I don't see... Uh, a rule book saying that you can't take it, you can't make a challenge. It's, it's not in there. So why should you be stopped from doing that? Why should you be stopped from getting that ball? I want that ball, and I would have got, you know, put myself for it. But you can't now. You, I would have been Joey Jones. We would have had a career meeting. We'd be sent off every morning. <laughs> you, you, you're a passer, weren't you? You're a ball player. I, you know, we, I like the aggression side of it. I, I buzzed off that. I like to show commitment and 
unfortunately that, that has been taken away. Mick, I've somehow managed to get you to sit in one place for an hour. I'm amazed. Um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you for yeah, your time. I've enjoyed it. And, and thank you for inviting me to do the top guy. Top guy. There we have it. Mickey Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you enjoyed that chat. I certainly did. And I probably knew going in that it would be a good one. Um, I'm quite lucky. All the guests seem to be comfortable opening up, whether it's about their careers, uh, personal lives, whatever they want to discuss, really, wherever it seems to go. Uh, but I knew going in, Mickey's Mickey, Mickey's had a, probably a more interesting life, should we say, than, than most. Um, but big thanks to him once again for his time. Thank you to Better Support Golf Club for, for letting us use your facility. Anyone passing through, use the facility. Get yourself, bring your sticks, have a little round of golf there. And that's it for another week. Uh, tune in, keep tuned for upcoming podcasts. Trying to pin down these guests. Try and get one out every week, but not always possible. Leave a review uh, wherever you download your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Acast, Podbean, Leave a review. Uh, let me know what you think on my Twitter. Let Mickey know. I think it's at Mickey T. Let him know what you thought of the conversation. Until next time, ta-ta.